stop. Stop throwing things at me. Don't unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host on Twitter as well, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Or you can find either one of us at Important Nonsense, all one word, on the Fantasy Life app. It's the most, it's the easiest way to get a hold of us. It's the most popular way to get a hold of us. So uh, answer all your fantasy questions through that. It's been pretty awesome the last few weeks. So keep it up there, guys. We totally appreciate it. Um, th- this week, Neil, it's been interesting because, you know, there, there was a lot of crazy headlines, a lot of crazy stories, but I mean, the biggest thing that came out of this really was, you know, the thing that wasn't, and what wasn't was the McRib. We haven't had the McRib around for a while, and some way or another in one of our late night conversations, we got onto the topic of the McRib and stumbled upon uh, a little piece of trivia that we did not know is that people will, uh, will literally kill to have a McRib. It is that desirable. The lure that it has on the public is just, it's a fascinating thing that I never understood. Yeah, and for those of you who weren't there for our late night BS note sessions, uh, <laughs> we were talking about the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce. And the idea go, that yeah. somebody would trade, somebody who would then trade their car for what is essentially ketchup and teriyaki sauce. And then to find out, like, you know, two days later, that McDonald's has decided that they're going to go ahead and release the Szechuan sauce again in a wider market because, well, to be fair, McDonald's never thought that this Rick and Morty thing would actually work out and translate into real dollars for them. And then people went berserk for it, and now they're surprised that McDonald's is trying to capitalize on it. And I'm just sitting here scratching my head like, do you not McDonald's? Right. They've made a billion dollars <laughs> off this exact idea. Remember the Beanie Baby promotion? The oh, Shamrock yeah. Shake? And this is how we got to the McRib, where we were talking about. Remember the McRib, a sandwich so popular that they had to discontinue it because they realized that, that this was so popular that it would lead to the extermination of the pig on the planet as we know it? Yeah. And they, they, they had to stop it. They, they were looking at that in the face, and they were just, no, we have to end this. Really, what was going on is they were like, you know, if we just take it away from them for a while, they'll come back and they'll spend three times as much money as if we just leave it on the menu. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So so that's why that is that way. And that's when the revelation came out that, as you put it, that people will literally stab other people to get a $3 sandwich. <laughs> because of the rarity. That's it. Just the rarity. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if it was nope, an everyday thing, it wouldn't be that. that desirable. It would just be like, yeah, I'll just go down to the corner of McDonald's and grab myself a McRib. But because they uh, they keep it away from you, because they give you that that little taste, give you a little bit of taste, and then yeah, and then just well, like, like any crack. Good drug dealer, yeah, I exactly. mean, you know, yeah, yeah just like <laughs> any drug dealer, they know how to how to reel in their uh, potential clientele. Yeah, they know. Uh huh. They can spot a junkie a mile away. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. 
Well, as I was telling you last week, Neil, I was able to post, edit and post our podcast last week, and then immediately the sky started falling. I thought I'd get a little bit of a break. 10, 15 minutes later, boom. Zeke Elliott news, right out of the gate. So of course that would happen to us, but it was the craziest uh, set of circumstances over the weekend there. Thursday, they announced Zeke had the uh, suspension reinstated. The NFL won their side of the legal battle, and then that was immediately followed by freakout. There was panic everywhere, everybody flying to the waiver wire to pick up guys. They had no sense of who to pick up or why to pick them up. And then we find out yesterday that the uh, suspension is back on hold again. It'll be at least a couple of weeks because, as you said, uh, vacation time. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Vacation. <laughs> got to get that vacay time in. Can't be bothered to do your job. You know, got to go on. Now, that being said, I mean, she's a judge. She's going to take vacation when she when she pleases. So, but yeah, it uh, looks like from anything that I can uh, glean, he's going to play this week and next week. And then in week nine, we're going to go through this whole thing again. Right. So get ready, because your phone's going to explode. If he ever does miss time, we have said it on the podcast, we've said it on the website, we've said it on Twitter, on anything you followed us on, and I put a whole big segment about it in the waiver wire column this week. It is Darren McFadden. It's not even close. Stop with the Alfred Morris nonsense. It's just it's ridiculous. Just just stop it. There was somebody who came to me on the uh, the Fantasy Life app on Thursday, Neil. They said, oh, hey, should I take this deal? I went out and picked up Alfred Morris, and 10 minutes later, I got a trade request of Alfred Morris for Amir Abdullah. Should I take it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, take that. Yeah. Because Amir Abdullah actually is a player. Amir Abdullah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's essentially yeah. a waiver pickup of Amir Abdullah. I'm, That's what that I'm is. I'm totally because doing Alfred that. I, I don't even want Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want Amir Abdullah that I'm doing that. So... That's yeah. That's, it was that's a, that's what I'm yeah, saying. It was full on panic on Thursday, Friday. But no, we uh we have clarity a little bit on that for the next two weeks now that Zeke should be back playing. But again, if he ever is out, it's McFadden you want. Don't listen to the hype anywhere else because they are wrong. They're just dead wrong. Remember Cameron Artis Payne? Yes, Cameron Artis Payne is always the example we go back to on that. Remember the lessons of Cameron Artis Payne. <laughs> Meanwhile. Aaron Rodgers was the biggest news of the weekend for the entire NFL, the fantasy community, everybody. Suffers another broken collarbone, this time on the other one. So, that's always great. The sad trombone. Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. That'll do. So, Brett Hundley is now the starting quarterback, and if you're a Packers fan... Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. Uh, he's not a fantasy option. Uh, so look elsewhere. If you're planning on starting Brett Hundley, you're wrong. Uh, downgrade all of your Packers. Uh, Montgomery I would downgrade the least simply because they've been running the ball more than normal this year, and I would think that only ticks up. And especially with the emergence of Aaron Jones now, uh, it's probably going to be a, two, a lot of two-back sets, both of them trading in and out, more run-heavy than they ever have been before. And then Jordy obviously takes the biggest hit just because – He's typically a touchdown-dependent guy as it is, and the idea that Aaron Rodgers just loves to throw him the ball in whatever coverage he's in, and I don't see the same type of results coming out of Brett Hundley. No, if you follow the history of Brett Hundley, uh, Brett Hundley is the master of the 26 for 35 for 200 yards and one touchdown. He is 
he is the king of that, going all the way back to college. So if you're thinking you're going to see the same Packer push the ball offense, I I hate to disappoint you, but I think you're going to be sad. Meanwhile, all right, hashtag bye week issues. If you've got bye week issues, if you had Aaron Rodgers and you're looking for a replacement, the waiver wire is not the place to go, but that's all right. If you're looking to stream a quarterback this week, it's slim pickings. But based on matchup, uh, the best recommendation I could give would be Blake Bortles. It's only 10% owned right now. Going up against Indy this week, it's a favorable matchup. Not that it's going to be a big shootout or that he's going to throw the ball a ton. It's just that it's a matchup that he should be able to thrive in, that he's familiar with, and he should be able to complete the ball enough and get enough yardage and into the end zone a couple of times to make it worth your while if you need somebody for this week as a fill-in. Yeah, and the honorable mention here is Tyrod Taylor still. He's not quite over 50% cap, so there's a very good chance he's available. He's getting that terrible Tampa Bay defense that couldn't catch a cold. So I don't care that he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to because LaShawn McCoy is a thing that exists in this universe and is going to play, and the rushing floor is still there. So if he's still there and you don't want to risk it on Bortles, I get it. Uh, Take a look at Tyrod. Speaking of rushing floor, uh, streaming running back this week, Wendell Smallwood, the fact that he's only 36% owned baffles me. I know that he's missed uh, the last two games now, but, you know, we've still been hyping him up here and, you know, again, Twitter, Fantasy Life, everywhere that, you know, yes, he was out, he had the injury, but when he's back, he is the lead back. He's going to get... The between the 20s carries, he gets the pass catches that Sproles had. He's a huge part of that offense, and him being back on the field means more production, and you're getting an, you know, an RB1 on the Eagles, the Eagles RB1, not a fantasy RB1, but the Eagles RB1 in your lineup. He's a legit flex play on a weekly basis, let alone as a streaming option. Only he's, in a, he's a low RB2 in a good matchup. Yeah, exactly. Only 36% like owned, so... And then the rest of, uh, I mean, just like the rest of running back, the waivers are kind of a wasteland out there right now. But I've got three, if you're desperate, as I call them, pull the ripcords. We're in free fall, pull the parachute. Three for you. Giovanni Bernard, got a good matchup. I know, I know. Don't unsubscribe. Don't, please don't. Um, these are if you're desperate, pull the ripcords. Please don't unsubscribe. But it's there for you. The next one. Might be a little bit more interesting given what we saw last week, Forte. If Forte is going to do what he did and Bilal Powell sits, this is contingent on Bilal Powell not playing the game. If Forte is going to get all the work again, it's not as good of a matchup, but they don't have a whole lot of options, so potentially. And then if I'm really desperate, if I'm scraping the bottom of that barrel, if I really need a body, Deion Lewis. Again, please stop. Stop throwing things at me. Don't unsubscribe. (laughs) But it's there for you. If you need it it in like a flex or if you have just got no running backs left because running back is a wasteland, everybody's feeling it, he is going to get the no defense game, as we're going to discuss here in a moment. And give me anybody on the Patriots at this point in that game where I think they will capitalize on all of their opportunities. And he's he's been more involved. He's been more involved. So just if you're desperate, pull the ripcord, you know, some real – you know, you might you might get paid out. And at wide receiver, it's our favorite two guys that are consistently on the waiver wire column for no reason. Uh, former no Blitnikoff winner Marquise Lee of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one wide receiver in Jacksonville that nobody wants, had a 15 last week and still no love. Great matchup for him this week. If you can grab him, grab him. And then, of course, Cooper Cup. 
the uh, the theory of everybody against whoever Patrick Peterson isn't guarding in Arizona continues to pan out. So give me Cooper Cup over the middle in the slot there. Should have a very good week this week. Him and Robert Woods pairing up could have monster numbers. At this point, if I'm anyone against the Rams, I would almost put somebody on Robert Woods instead of Sammy Watkins, but it hasn't been working out that way. So, uh, yeah, Robert Woods is still a viable option, but Cooper Cup is the guy most available and is certainly flex-worthy this week. Worth a shot. And at tight end, we have uh, Austin Hooper, the tight end for Atlanta. I have a little caveat with this. It's the fact that... I'm nervous on this one simply because he hasn't been a big part of the offense except for these last two weeks with Mohamed Sanu out. With Sanu out, he's been the number two option there to Julio, and he has thrived and done really well. If Sanu sits, this is a no-brainer. you got to play him. If Sanu plays, it becomes a little more murky. But still, you love the matchup against New England. Agreed, and I also think you love that they're over the bye week, this is what I called at the beginning of the year. He was one of my preseason uh, sleeper tight end kind of streamer guys. Uh, over the bye week, I think they adjusted the offense slightly to try and get him just a wee bit more involved. But you're correct, absolutely, and the, the Sanu uh, concern is warranted. Now I've got three quick hitters. If you need help, if you are desperate again, scraping the old bottom of that barrel, three guys that might be able to help you with tight end this week. Ed Dixon, Jack Doyle. Zach Miller. In that order, Dixon, you got to like, he's starting to kind of find a home in that offense. They're starting to figure out how to integrate him. Jack Doyle coming off the big week. I actually don't mind the matchup against Jacksonville because Jacksonville grades out very poorly against the tight end because their corners are so strong. So I downgrade your two outside guys. So in this case, T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief to the extent that that matters. And uh, they may end up having to go to Jack Doyle just because Jacksonville's a little bit more soft over the middle and kind of right in that sweet spot where you expect him to live. And Zach Miller, just because he is uh, Mitch Trubisky's new binky, is rapidly becoming the new safety blanket, the dump-off guy, the outlet guy. He's his whoopee. He drags him everywhere he goes. <laughs> so, And one last note before we throw to Pigskin Pick'em. Your weekly Andrew Luck update, just be done. Yeah. Just, just be done. Just yeah. moving along, moving along. Yeah, he was rehabbing. He was trying to come back and practice with the team. Suffered a setback. He is no longer even throwing. Now they're saying he may just be done for the year. So if you were trying to wait it out on Andrew Luck, the wait is over. Move on. You need another QB for the rest. Of Earliest the he would be back at this point, in all likelihood, is probably after their bye, and it's dependent. He had to get cortisone shots today. That is not the sign of a healthy individual. Uh He's got a lot of stiffness. He's in a lot of pain. Get well soon, Andrew Luck. I wish they would just die, are you? Get more out of your fantasy season with PFF's exclusive player grades and performance data. PFF grades every player from every game on every team. Dive deep into your fandom and follow your team on Pro Football Focus for exclusive team stats and NFL team rankings. Listeners to our podcast can get $10 off a PFF Edge or Elite subscription by simply going to importantnonsense.com PFF. Once again, that's importantnonsense.com PFF to save $10 on your subscription today. So Pigskin Pick'em, as you mentioned, our standings coming into this week. Matt forgot to set a lineup, so congratulations, Matt. <laughs> it's well done, well played. 
bold strategy. It was nice of you to give us a, uh, a fighting chance. We all appreciate that. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So Matt last at 41. Kevin now in fourth with 42. I moved up after winning the week into third with 46. Brian at 49 in second, and you remain on top with 52. So our Thursday night game this week, we have Kansas City going to Oakland in an AFC West battle. I've seen a lot of people hyping up the Raiders, and those people clearly just have not been watching the Raiders this year. They were a good team last year, and yes, the Chiefs lost a very tough game at home last week, but the Raiders are on the ropes right now. They are desperate, and they have not been clicking in any way, shape, or form, so give me KC on the road. We've covered the Raiders pretty thoroughly. Give me KC in what is the chalkiest pick of all time. Just chalk, chalk, chalk. Sunday, one Eastern games, Tampa Bay heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Again, Tampa Bay was my preseason representative of the NFC, and that's still not looking great. But Buffalo is a, uh, <laughs> they're headed in the, uh, they're the red-headed stepchild. You know, they're the Andy Dalton, basically, if you will, of the NFL. They just, they're the dirty secret nobody wants to acknowledge or talk about. They've been playing really well this year. And uh, not having Charles Clay obviously hurts that offense, but they still have LaShawn McCoy. Tyrod Taylor still makes things happen with his arms and his legs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, they, they should be able to just take apart this Tampa Bay uh, defense, like you said. So, yeah, give me the Bills. Well, as of now, Winston is not throwing. He's got a sprained AC joint, or for the people that like the lay terms, he has got a separated shoulder. So he could play this week. But it's Wednesday, and he's still not throwing, and the alternative to him is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So either way, it's Hurt Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, go ahead and give me the Bills. And just as a side note to all you folks playing daily, the Bills D is legit. And uh, do not let ESPN bully you into believing that that is a bad matchup. They have that rated as a bad matchup on their site, and I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. And uh, I, I would step in on that just for a second to say that the reason that's rated as a bad matchup on the site is because they gave, they put up all those points on New England, and then last week they were down what was it like thirty one to three or something in the first half, and they came back and ended up putting up thirty three points on Arizona. So because of huge point totals time, yeah. in a couple of garbage time situations, they've uh, they've been able to stack up points against teams. So that's why it's a deceiving looking stat there in the uh in the statistics so yeah we'll, we'll see yeah. if Ryan but no yeah for you for sure like, i'm, I'm yeah. with you there the bills bills d was on our waiver pickup list this week so if you can get them either in daily or season long especially they're they're certainly worth having carolina heading to the lakeshore to take on the bears according to pff mitch trubisky has an adjusted completion percentage and uh acp takes out receiver drops throwaways spikes basically it's just the passes that the quarterback throws aiming at a receiver of some kind and then if it's completed or not and his is just 60 percent that's 42nd <laughs> out of 43 quarterbacks only scott that's worse Tolzien. than scott Tolzien, people only scott Tolzien oh, it's not, is worse. oh wow only yeah, scott he's the only one that's worse right, in the league so on top oh, of the hat jarring statistic He's under pressure on 42.3% of his dropbacks, which is fourth highest in the NFL, and Carolina comes into this week second in the league in sacks. So everybody just go light a candle, pray for Mitch, and uh, Panthers on the road big. Yeah, how can you argue with that? No, I've got Carolina on the road. Look, 
Would it shock me if the Bears hung around in this game? Because they're basically the cockroach of NFL teams. If you don't kill them, it seems like they just hang around and run trick plays and run the ball and and somehow manage to fall bass-ackwards into some sort of win. But, uh, no, Carolina should prevent that by just putting them away. So, yeah, give me Carolina on the road. Tennessee going to Cleveland to take on, apparently, Deshaun Kaiser in the Browns because they just can't decide one way or the other. <laughs> The most upsetting thing about this matchup for me, Neil, is that on a weekly basis, I, I can always go in to my any tight end versus Cleveland streaming plan. And I had to get rid of that this week because Delaney Walker is so widely owned and so popular. So that was the most upsetting and controversial thing about this whole game for me, because otherwise it's just Titans all day. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had to work. Oh, I know. It was really upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, Titans on the road. And uh, I'm going to use this time to actually give you Titans notes because it's such a joke. So uh, the Titans actually coming into their last game against Indy had made it publicly known that they wanted to get Derrick Henry more snaps. And guess what? They actually did that. I was a little surprised by that because normally they don't just come out and say what they're going to do. He actually did get more snaps than what he had been getting. He actually had 19 attempts in that game. So if you're interested in buying them potentially for some sort of push down the stretch or if maybe you just own them, and you're trying to get a handle on what is actually going on. Uh, yeah, it seems like Derrick Henry might just get more involved, and if that's the case, then I don't want to say it makes them both valueless, because that's clearly not the case, but it does change sort of the dichotomy of the whole the whole thing, which you knew was going to happen at some point, by the way, because yep. at some point there was going to be a change into the guard. You just don't know when it's coming. And my only other note on them was... Uh, everybody hates Eric Decker, as they always do, and wants to cut him and say he's bad, and then he starts roasting the Colts. Because uh, as bad as, you know, and kind of over the hill as he may or may not be, uh, <laughs> they have some good matchups coming up. And if they're going to have to run that game plan where he has to stand, where Mariota has to stand in the pocket and throw the ball, well, he proved he can do that. And if he's going to actually have to do that uh, at any point coming down the stretch in the season, Decker could be back on the radar as somebody that's kind of interesting. Just because if they have to throw that many times and he's not going to get the elite coverage to, to lock him down because they're going to try and roll it to Delaney Walker and Richard Matthews, if he's going to be one-on-one, he's still going to make plays as he demonstrated against Indy. All right, so New Orleans going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, th- you know, this was set up to be a great game. And Fox, to their credit, still keeps running promos trying to hype it like it's going to be a great game. But Those the promos Saints, were made before any of this happened. The Saints That's all the of a sudden, uh, they look for real. The, the defense has played really well this season against all odds, and Drew Brees is still you know, looking good. I mean, look what Mark Ingram can do when you actually give him the ball, Sean Payton. It's amazing. So I know. You paid him all the, that money. Right. With the backfield actually working the way it should be, Drew Brees clicking, and the defense playing well, New Orleans is all of a sudden legit. I've got New Orleans on the road. No, this should have been probably game of the week, and now it's just Saints on the road, and it's just <laughs> it's it's unfortunate that that's where we've come to. But again, if you're counting on Brent Huntley to keep you in this game, Packer fans, I wish you well, and I would suggest that you bring an extra, you know, pony keg of beer and more cheese curds than you normally do to whatever party you go to to watch these things. Yeah, they put up 52 against the Lions defense that likes to turn people over. What are they going to do to your secondary that can't do anything? Jacksonville going to Indy to take on the Colts. AFC South battle. 
Look, the biggest weakness for this Jags powerful D this season has clearly been their run defense, which is why we picked the Rams last week and that panned out. The Colts can't seem to get that clicking, though, which that's been their biggest weakness on offense. It's not running the ball as well. So it's a division matchup, which, you know, that means this should stay close and it should be an interesting game to, you know, just, just keep it close overall. You know, Indy kept it closer than we expected on Monday against the Titans, too, but I'm still giving the edge here to the Jags, even though they're on the road. No, Jacksonville has been a real Jekyll and Hyde team. And depending on how you look at football teams, you're going to get the good side. I'd love to tell you which side that is. But some people would say you want Jekyll because you want the smooth operator, just kind of run through the game. And other people would say you want the Hyde, just smash mouth, take people to school. So whatever side is the good side for you, I think that's what you're going to get out of Jacksonville. And it's mostly just because, look, Indy's played better with Brissette than I think any of us. Would have thought, is that right? I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've looked significantly better with Brissett than I thought they were going to be capable of. And But they still, they he doesn't know the playbook all that well. And they just turn the ball over at such a rate that the Jags D should be a strong play this week. And also just the deciding factor in the game. So I'm going to downgrade T.Y. this week. You probably don't have better options, but maybe you do. It's just that I think he's going to get He's going to be the main recipient of some strong Jalen Ramsey play. So just I maybe limit my expectations for what what T.Y. and to what extent it matters. Dante Moncrief can give you this week. And give me Jacksonville, please. Yeah, I'm just going to say on that 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 metaphor of Jekyll and Hyde is very confusing because Carlos Hyde sucks. Uh, Arizona going to L.A. to take on the Rams. It's not my fault that Carlos Hyde sucks, right? Take take your obvious complaints with Carlos Hyde over the length of the show to Carlos Hyde, okay? I, I, I do. I he just do stopped responding to my emails, so. Yeah, well, I, you would when they're mostly like I can't blame them. together yeah. death threats that you mailed and they're yeah. not even emails anymore. Give Matt Breida the ball. <laughs> Free Matt Breida. The most surprising part about the game between Arizona and L.A. is the fact that it's two teams 500 or better. You never would have guessed that if you had seen Arizona play most of this season. So the Rams are the clear better team here, and I think people are finally starting to turn around on that. They should win this game. So like we said earlier, stream your Rams wide receivers and take the Rams in this game to get to five wins. Which is crazy. The Rams are going to but. Like us, the public is finally starting to come around on the Rams, and it's about uh, way to time. go, way to so, go, America! I yeah. always knew you could. Do way it. to go! Finally, I knew you could do it. Like three weeks too late. So, the Rams do have issues stopping the run. So this game could get interesting if the Cards just show up and decide that, hey, AP, just run it straight at them, and just do that again. So that could get interesting, but ultimately, just give me the Rams at home. Their defense also produces a lot of turnovers, and Carson Palmer just loves to give the ball away. So even if Arizona can establish the run and move the offense, the, the, I think the turnover differential will ultimately favor the Rams to a point that they'll win, and this game could turn into a ridiculous shootout. But Rams at home. Uh, Jets taking on Miami for already the second time this year. Such a weird schedule because... It's, it's all off balance for, for the Dolphins. But the the Jets go into Miami to take on the Dolphins. Look, they're 3-2. and two. They, They've looked rough, to say the least. But winning is all that matters, and they've gotten that done so far. So they were caught off guard by the Jets earlier this year when they went into New York. But now they're the home team. 
and this team is uh, it's, it's starting to gel and come together. They're force-feeding Jai the ball, and he's actually doing stuff with it for a change. So, yeah, give me Miami against that Jets defense. No, just stop it with the Jets. Okay, look, look, look. all I've heard all week on the radio is people talking about how, oh, the Jets aren't nearly as bad as people. People were saying they were at the, the beginning of the year. Okay, I'll give you that. That's fine. But stop it. Stop it with the Jets are going to win this game against Miami. Just, just stop. Just, just stop. They look better than expected, the Jets do, but just stop. It's, it's, it's Miami at home. Baltimore going to Minnesota. Take on the Vikings. Look, the Ravens' D has played really great this season. Unfortunately for them, their offense has been equally terrible on the other side. Minnesota is solid on both ends of the ball, which gives them a significant advantage in this. No matter who is under center, it is, uh, it's time to flex their NFC North muscle and take control. I am taking the Vikings, and uh, my one note on this game, there was actually a note that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is actually coming off the uh, the pup. He's he's practicing. He's back with the team, and there's a possibility that he sees the field uh, and is active before Sam Bradford. So that I mean the or is the, traded. The extent of that injury, uh, I think, that has been overlooked with the Sam Bradford thing. So, kudos to Case Keenum. For holding down that job so well, yeah. And now we'll see. Uh, in a cup, we'll have a quarterback controversy here if if Bridgewater can get back on the field. But I think we're still a week or two from that. But just a, a note, a name to keep on the radar if you are super quarterback desperate. Teddy Bridgewater may be coming back uh, to a a fantasy roster near you. I mean, the the Vikings, as you said, are the new team to beat in the division. So congratulations to them. And salt you, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> so just. But yeah, with the Vikings defense and Baltimore's just anemic, crap-looking offense, I mean, this is a slam dunk for the Vikings. Hit the horn. All right, late afternoon, Dallas going to San Francisco to take on the Niners. I mean, one of my favorite stats of the season so far. I mean, I love stats, obviously, in general, but just one of my favorite like little tidbits that they've given out now is San Francisco is 0-6 and, and has lost all six games by three points or less. That is brutal. That is like that it's is brutal. Los Angeles Chargers-esque. That is just so brutal. It's it's Cleveland Browns yeah. melded just, into ugh. some sort of like terrible Cavs back yeah, in the literally day Literally no just, team has I, ever I, done that before. Lost all six, <laughs> your first six games by three points or less. So, I mean, look, they, they've kept it super competitive. Now they've switched to C.J. Beathard. That, the bad news for them, though, is they're getting the Cowboys rested off their bye. I don't think the Cowboys are a good team this year. And honestly, if, if the Cowboys had just played last week and they only had one week to prep and they're dealing with all this Zeke nonsense, then maybe I would give San Francisco a shot. But, yeah, get, despite all the turmoil and everything, give me the Cowboys on the road. Yeah, no, and as we mentioned, Zeke's playing in the game. It's a tough break for San Francisco. It really is. It's just a tough break because now you're going to be 0 7 in a game that you might lose by three points or less. I won't. Even win though it. they've looked better, you really got to feel bad for Shanahan. That's that's who I feel bad for because they're going to lay yeah. that at his doorstep at the end of the year, and he's going to be like, "But I was in every game," and they're and ultimately it's going to come down to, "I want winners." And they're going to say that, and it's just that is just brutal. They're going to lay that at his door one day, and it just – I don't know. you got to have to win a lot of games to fix that. So 
but yeah, even though the same, the, the Niners have looked better recently, you know, just no, they're not going to be able to stop Dallas in their running attack. And CJ Beathard did look better than Brian Hoyer. And George Kittle is going to be the recipient of that. We gave you Brian Hoyer. Cannot win with him. <laughs> that is factually correct. But we signed Pierre Garçon. Cannot play with him. <laughs> oh, CJ Beathard. I want winners. CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard and George Kittle, baby. That's it. Right, Cincinnati up. going to Pittsburgh, AFC North battle. Should be a better game than people believe. I mean, they just assume that Pittsburgh is going to blow them out here. Look, every ounce of me wants to pick the Bengals. I really want an upset. They're figuring the run game out. The passing game seems to be clicking right now. The defense has been resurgent and been playing well the last few weeks, and they're coming off of their bye. They've had extra time to prepare. The Steelers are just the better team, and they, uh, they they've just beaten up on the Bengals too much for me to, to to believe in it. So give me give me the Steelers at home. Now that's what I've been saying for to you for years. So it's a division game. They always play a little bit tighter in these games. If you've watched these games over the years, which I have, these always get real chippy. But the Steelers are at home against a Bengal team that historically they just own. They just own them. They, these games always play tight, and the Steelers always win. So since he's off the bye, I normally factor that in. In this case, I'm discounting it. So just give me the Steelers at home and watch the fist fight in this game that will inevitably happen. There is going to be a fist fight in this game. I can't tell you when it will be, but there will be a fist fight in this game before it's over. There always is. Someone's going to take a swing at somebody wearing a helmet, which is one of my favorite things to watch in football. All right, Denver going to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Second time this year we've had two games in L.A. in the same week. <sighs> I don't know what I hate more so far about our picks here, Neil. Is the fact that I'm mostly with the public or the fact that I am 100% with you to this point. We've got no splits yet. So for the seventh consecutive week, I am going with the Chargers, the team that I am the only one that continues to believe in. I got I was the only person that got the point off of it last week. That's how I won that week. So I will continue to ride the Chargers. My I, whole argument is they have Denver's D or number. It feels like that. I mean, the D has played well against them. The Broncos will be missing Emmanuel Sanders for at least this week, and even at full strength in Week One, the Chargers were a field goal away from knocking the Broncos off in Denver. So, g- give me the Chargers, resurgent team, bouncing back, fighting for the AFC West. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that's because I'm the trendsetter this week. I locked my picks, get to pick them first. Thank you. Right. So last week we went with, with what you were talking about, and everybody got a six. And this week we're going to go with what I'm talking about, and everybody's going to get a 12. So everybody got a six? America. Everybody? Because I'm pretty sure this guy got All a right, seven. Fine. Yeah. Oh, oh, there it is. All right, uh-huh. well, fine. Enjoy your enjoy your 11 while well, I enjoy my 13. I will. Even though we picked all the same stuff. <laughs> anyway. Come right here for all your Denver news, baby. The public has this game backward because the public is on Denver. And I got to tell you, Denver has a long history of playing like crap against the Chargers in San Diego. And I know that we're not going to be in San Diego for this game, but it's not going to change just because we're playing in a soccer stadium in L.A. It's the same problem. They don't travel well. 
to this game in the division, it always plays tight, especially when they're at home. As you pointed out, no Sanders, who is not playing this week, and then is week to week beyond that. On top of that, they lost Isaiah McKenzie, who was one of their more promising rookies who they had been turning to for what little spark that offense can generate. So you're going into this game asking a team that can't do anything on offense anyway to play against a team that thrives on offense. The Broncos are 45% in the red zone this year. Thank you. That, that, that pauses for dramatic effect because that, that's horrendous. That's horrendous. There, there are college teams that that would get your coach fired. Like that, 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 that is an unacceptable you play number. to win the game. Exactly. Thank you. That, that is an unacceptable number. And so now you're going into this game with Demarius Thomas as the perennial one, obviously. And then following him on the flanker on the outside, you're going to have Jordan Taylor, a.k.a. Young Eric Decker, a.k.a. Sunshine, who they've tried that movie before, so we'll see. And then on the inside, it's going to be a rotating amalgam of people, mostly Benny Fowler. So good luck with that. So you're asking a team that can't do anything on offense to go play against a team that that's all they know how to do. And their defense has been playing better. I mean, the Broncos are going to get eaten alive by the Chargers. This one, people. I, I know the records are deceiving, but this game has has bad news bears for the Denver Broncos written all over it, as much as it pains me to say that. Seahawks going to New York to take on the Giants. Look, it was good for the Giants to scrap together a team, win on the road. And while the Legion of Boom has lost a step, they're still a force. And still no receivers of note for Eli. I would just put all eight guys on Evan Ingram in the middle of the field and just be done with it. So, I mean, Eli has an inconsistent run game behind him. The line has been up and down. It's just there's no one to throw to. It's it's the Seahawks on the road. Yeah, one week of competence is not going to shake my Giants are bad data that I have. So, congratulations, Giants. You played a team with no discernible offense that I just went to great lengths to point out like five seconds ago. So, Seattle had to buy to prep for this. There should be no problem. Go ahead and give me Seattle on the road. Sunday Night Football, it's a Super Bowl rematch between Atlanta and New England. Look, the cynic in me wants the Falcons to go up 28-3 to and then blow the lead. But the realist in me knows that the Falcons should never lead by that much, if at all, in this one. So it's going to be a high-scoring shootout. Back and forth, hopefully, because I'm putting a lot of eggs in this game's basket. But give me the uh, give me the pats at home. Yeah, what a game this could have been. And instead, as I pointed out before, we get the no defense game. Two of the worst defenses in the NFL square off here. And in a game that's going to go like that, go ahead and give me Brady and the pats, because they're just going to convert more of their opportunities in what will be, what should be, a high-scoring game. Because if Matt Ryan can't get it done here, if you weren't already in panic mode about the Falcons and your Falcons, if they lay an egg in this game against that defense, run, don't walk to your computer and try and figure out how to sell your Falcons. It's 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 time to officially get out of that business. Monday Night Football, NFC East battle between Washington and Philadelphia, which brings us to Under the Microscope. Under the microscope. A microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects. 
under the microscope. Simple as they are, the microscope is no toy. Under the microscope, into the friendship running zone. Under the microscope. All right, this week under the microscope, we're examining the halfway point of the season, mid-season awards. We have so many people uh, from the uh, the list. I did busts and MVP from the first half. I did honorable mentions of all the positions. Be sure to check it out on importantnonsense.com in the under the microscope section. But there was actually three players uh, from this game, all from the Redskins, who uh, who made the list. They were Terrell Pryor. And Jordan Reed, both in the bust category, both completely underperforming where they were drafted. And, of course, Chris Thompson, who's having a spectacular start to this year, currently running back six. So, uh, again, if you want to see the entire list, make sure you go to importantnonsense.com in the Under the Microscope section to check everything out. So this should be the best Monday Night Football game of the season so far. Two teams that really hate each other and are probably the cream of the crop in the NFC East. Uh, while I want to believe that Kirk Cousins can carry his team to victory here, with Rodgers out, Carson Wentz is probably the front runner for MVP at this point through the early part of the season. Like, he has looked as great as the hype was coming into this season, so I would look for him to showcase his abilities and his team in a uh, in another high-scoring primetime game. Give me Philly at home. Yeah, I know it's Philly. I mean, they're looking like one of the best teams in football at this point. Surprise the hell out of me. Uh, you copped to your Tampa Bay bad call earlier. I've copped to this one. I This has got me a little bit turned around. So, yeah, Washington has looked better, but they should not be able to stop Wentz even with their, you know, adept pass rush, which has been a lot better than I think anybody was going to give it credit for at the start of the year. All right, that's it for the update this week from all the NFL games. Again, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Nonsense underscore Neil, or, of course, on the uh, at Important Nonsense, sorry, on the uh, Fantasy Life app. Had a a minor brain fart there. uh, That was nice. But uh, we're going to go ahead and go into the uh, Golden League update now. For those of you sticking around, please stick around. But otherwise, for the rest of you, like I said, keep up with us on social media, and we will talk to you next week. And now for something completely different. Time for the Golden League update. I love gold. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Really interesting result of this past weekend is we now have nine of the 12 teams sitting at 500 or better. That's tied for the highest percentage of teams at 500 or better since the 2007 FBFL when 13 of the 16 teams at this point were 3-3 three and three or better. So, I mean, it's a, a pretty historically strong start. It's the second straight year we've had at least five teams at 4-2 and two or better. All five teams last year made the playoffs. And of course, Niels, we've talked about several times over in Golden League's history, all 59 teams that have gotten to at least six wins have made it to the playoffs. No one has ever won six games and missed the postseason. 
So uh, the projections this year, however, are saying that there's a 55% chance we have a team go 6-5 and five or even 7-4 and four and miss the playoffs. It's going to be banana sandwich to finish the season here. <laughs> Anything is possible at this point. This is, this is by far, as we've pointed out, one of the most competitive leagues that has ever been drawn. And it's just a combination of the injuries falling a certain way and the way the schedule works. And, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. It's not going to be like last year where you have half the league trying to fire sale their team at the same time. Right. And then, I mean, we have Brian and Paul facing off this week, which should be a good matchup. Outside of that, the schedule just shakes out that it's all the top heavy teams playing all the bottom tier teams to this point. So you could either climb your way back in by beating all those teams ahead of you, or you could get pummeled completely out of it. And we could just continue to see these same six teams stay on top the whole rest of the way. It's, it's so hard to predict the injuries, though. That's right. the that's the problem. It is week to week we've been seeing people go down. So those injuries are always the great equalizer in this game. So in the power rankings this week, not a ton of change, especially in the top three. There was no change. Flynn, Paul, and David all stayed one, two, three. I moved up two spots to number four with my win over Brian. Brian fell a spot to five. Um, Mr. Flynn fell down to six despite the victory. You moved up three spots to seven because you were high scorer of the week. Kevin remained at eight. Sandman stayed at nine. Tony dropped three spots to ten. And then Lisa and Matt continue to stay at 11 and 12. You'll also notice this week... We have added a new feature. It is the uh, the playoff odds. I wrote a little piece about it in the power rankings this week. You can check it out. But basically, it is a program that is uh, I developed. It's got 2,500 simulations of the remaining schedule. So it, it goes through. It gives you the best estimation of everybody's playoff chances. The highest at this point is Paul with 877 David has an 86.8% chance of making the playoffs. Flynn Jr. at 85%. Flynn Sr. at 84. Kevin also at 80. Brian at 60. Me at 40. You at 39. And then Sandman at 27. Tony at 3.8. Lisa at 4. And Matt pretty much zero at this point at the uh, the 0-6 start for him, unfortunately. So... It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. For me, for my playoff odds, Neil, my best chance of making the playoffs is you. You like, like help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, you are the chosen one. I need your help. That's what I'm pretty much saying here. Is I'm looking through the schedules. The easiest schedule the rest of the way is David because he's already played all of the playoff teams. The only teams he has left on his schedule are the teams currently in bottom five for playoff chance. Those are the only teams left yep. on his schedule. And for you, you have the reverse. You have five games against five of the six current playoff teams. So what I'm going to need you to do is go ahead and beat a couple of those people to knock them down so I have a chance to win some games and get in it. Because I'm not going to lie to you, you go, I've looked through the projections and about... When I say that 55% chance, most of that 55% chance of going 6-5 and five or 7-4 and four and missing the playoffs is me. So I don't want to be that team. I don't want to be in the history books as the 6-5 and five team that didn't make the playoffs. So I'm going to need you to, to throw me a bone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just do me a solid. 
Yeah, you talked to Julio Jones before you talked to me. Believe me, I'm trying. I, I'm I'm three and three. What's what's so skin peelingly frustrating about my season, besides the injuries, like take that to one side, is that despite that, take that all out, I'm two plays in the NFL away from being four one and one, and it's a whole different. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like it's a whole different thing. It's just like you, 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 you don't want to dwell on it, but it's like you gotta be kidding me. So, but no, I, I've got my work cut out for me, but, uh, you know me, I've always got a, uh, little trick up my sleeve. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride it close to the hilt like I always do. And I get to play Mr. Flynn, who's going to play Brett Hundley against me, it looks like. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, if I win that game, all of a sudden I'm live and that helps you a ton. Yeah, it certainly does. And then. Uh, I'll, I'll get some help this week, maybe. We'll see. Also, as I already mentioned, Paul taking on Brian has huge playoff implications. Brian could slip to three and four. And, uh, of the three and three teams, there's you, me, Brian, and Sandman. I have the tiebreaker over you and Brian, and this week I'm playing Sandman. So if I can win this week, I would have the three tiebreakers there, which would help me immensely at the end of the year. And then Brian, like I said, if, if he were to fall to Paul, would help me out a ton as well. And even if he wins, it's a loss for Paul, and it's it would just make two teams at four and three that theoretically could help me get closer to the top as well. So it's, well, there's a very good chance that if everything breaks the way it could, that you could have one team at five and one and a bunch of teams at four and three and three and four. Well, five and two, you mean. Or, yeah. Yes, five and two. You have one team in Flynn Jr. who could in all likelihood, cement that. And then everybody else could end up be staring at each other from four and three and three and four going down the last four games of the season. So that would get, that would get interesting. That would get dicey. Right. Yeah. Our game of the week this week is of course, gift bowl 2017, Kevin taking on Tony, always an exciting battle just to see how they can try to break the internet on each other. Uh, our game preview, We've got Tony getting Dak Prescott and Des Bryant back off the bye. He's got DeMarco Murray going up against Cleveland. You love the matchup. It's just the uncertainty of do you want DeMarco or Derek on a weekly basis. So it's it's Russian roulette pretty much for that lineup. And then C.J. Anderson against the Chargers. Tyrell Williams against Denver. And then ASJ, who's been the savior of his team since picking him up. That was a great move by him. Yeah. Going up against Miami. Aaron Jones, who we said I f- will be more involved against New Orleans. And then the Panthers D, which is spectacular, taking on the Bears. As I said, they should just feast on them all day. I mean, the perennial issue is, you know, will Denver stick with the run? Because they've sure. got C.J. Anderson predict- projected for 13.8. So that is entirely dependent on C.J. Anderson uh, being given the, the ball. And uh, last week, Denver didn't do that. They decided to let Trevor Simeon throw it 40-plus times, and they lost the game. So hopefully they learned their lesson from that experience because any game he's going to be throwing 40 passes is not a game you're going to win. And hopefully they'll force-feed the rock here on uh, on C.J. Anderson. But you never know because it's the Colts. <laughs> or, excuse me, because it's the Broncos. You never know. You, know, you never know what they're going to do. It's a, it's a whole hot mess. So that, I think, is a big linchpin. And then obviously, yeah. As we talked about before, the changing of the guard potentially with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. It's just such a fluid kind of frustrating situation. But 
you would think both should have a big day, frankly. Yeah, I was going to say, just because it's Cleveland, it's possible they both have a 30. I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, you, you could play them, you could play them this both this week, right? Like, yeah. This is one of the weird weeks where if you didn't want to play Aaron Jones, you could literally play them both and just and just see what you get. I mean, you might get a 10, you might get a 40. Kevin has Carson Palmer on the other side. He's got Zeke Elliott, who will be playing against San Francisco. The monster that is Leonard Fournette against Indy. And then Stefan yeah, Diggs against Baltimore. Robert Woods against Arizona. Great streamer matchup we loved. Ed Dixon against Chicago, who again made the honorable mentions we were talking about before. Duke Johnson against Tennessee, which is a strong matchup because Tennessee's defense is not great, and they should be behind in that game. So it's a, it should be a good Duke Johnson day. And then he currently does not have a, a defense in there. I mean, what, the only thing that really worries you is Stefan Diggs. He didn't practice Wednesday. I, stay tuned on Stefan Diggs' injury. I, I, I hope he plays this week, but yeah. if he did not play this week, I'd be less than shocked. Yeah. Frankly, they're going to win the game without him anyway. Yeah, I think they'll be all right regardless. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, the biggest I, hit for In all likelihood, is... he should probably play, and if he's playing, he's playing for you. So Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think... I think he suits up. He he sat out this last week as a precaution to just to make sure he could sit he could play this week. So I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't play, but you know, stranger things have happened, I suppose. So then, I mean, you would go to the well on the bench then, and then if that's the case, are you going back to? I don't know. What are you doing if you're him off the bench? I don't know. Because he's that's, already that's playing three running backs, so you can't go flex. So, I mean, the only other option he would have then would be Roger Lewis against Seattle, which is not not good. So It's not what you want. No. And unfortunately for him, for. Golden Tate's never going to be listed as out because they're on the bye. So yep. you're going to have to make some kind of roster move. You're going to have to make a move anyway because he doesn't have a defense. He should have a roster spot, though, right? I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, in this league, Cooper Cup and Marquise Lee are both owned, so you're probably looking at like having to rock Ted Ginn or something, right? Which isn't the worst thing yeah, that's ever happened Green in the Bay, universe, but horrible, I mean, so, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's not Stefan Diggs against <laughs> Baltimore. Right. It's really not. So yeah, so that that would hurt him if he yeah, had so to take just, that if hit. If Kevin's got free time this week, just yeah, drive up to the Mall of America and just stretch out. You know, Stefan Diggs' legs, yeah. give him a good massage. Diggs did not practice on Wednesday, up. which is why I bring it up. He wasn't limited. It wasn't like he was limited. He just straight up didn't practice on Wednesday. Now, it's Wednesday, so it's not like the end of the world, but I would have a contingency plan that is not Roger Lewis is my only point. Correct, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I mean, it, it should be a good one. I'm excited for the gifts. Can't wait for those to start rolling in. Oh, yeah, the gift bowl. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, and then like Best you said, I mean, look, I mean, you got five teams right now at four and two, and history says they got to go two and three the rest of the way to make the playoffs. So you like your chances if you're one of those guys. Like I said, the numbers bear out that they all have about an eighty percent chance or better of making the postseason. So we will uh, see for sure, and. Maybe we'll start seeing some uh, some chat. We've already had chatter on the on the draft pick trading. Nothing has actually come through yet, but people are out there trying to make. No, but there's been there's been some activity. People are trying to get some stuff done. So we'll see if anybody can run one through. Yep. 
And again, I will uh, I will say this as I've said it before. If you are trying to make a draft pick deal, if you're looking to make a draft pick trade, use the chat that we have set up on importantnonsense.com. The link is available it's called on the trade block. Exactly. We have the link set up on the ESPN front page from the website. Just go on there, click on the trade block. You should all already be signed up with the website. If you're not, do it. It's, it takes I mean, three seconds. It takes three seconds. doesn't cost you anything. We're not going to spam you with anything. You already listen to the show and go through the league and do everything. So what do you, I don't know what you think it I'm going to spam you with. three seconds. But you just like, sign we don't up, send weekly in, emails. Just do it. You post on the website and you say, oh, hey, I'm looking to trade this or I have this pick available or, or whatever you want to do. And then everybody in the league can see what it is you're trying to do. Just you, It's a service we have literally built specifically for you people. Go use it. Yeah. So just because people were saying they didn't want to constantly rely on their phone, fine. We built this. Go use the trade block. Get in there. Mix it up. It takes three seconds. It's super easy to use. All I'm saying is there's going to be some moves that get made here. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but in the near future. We're going to have some more clarity, I would think, next week. And I think some teams are going to start kind of realizing, like, okay, so I need to win – three of my last four basically right. mm-hmm. and i think the reality will kind of set in on, on some people and then you might see more of a market open up beyond the kind of limited market that's developed so far yep all right well another week in the books neil we are we're moving on we're on to cincinnati yep so uh again follow us twitter important nonsense in the chat hit i mean you can hit us up there we're available there too so in the chat room there or at nonsense underscore Steve, at nonsense underscore Neil, or of course on the Fantasy Life app, at important nonsense, all one word. I will be posting this up tomorrow, Thursday, and we will have it up there. And uh, I will be doing our regular Friday chat on important nonsense, so I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, anything, any final words, Neil? Any parting words of wisdom for you? <sighs> at least the Cubs didn't completely embarrass themselves. Exactly. Not an embarrassment this season, so that's nice. All right, well, until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.